Welcome to this episode of Creepy Pastas. Today is the Russian sleep experiments. In the 1940s, late 1940s to be exact, scientists kept five people awake for 15 days using this experimental gas-based simulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their, their oxygen intake. So the gas didn't kill them. Since it was toxic in high concentrations, this was before closed-circuit cameras, so they only had microphones and five-inch thick glass portholes-sized windows to the, into the chamber to monitor them. The chambers was only stocked with books, cots, um, to sleep, but no bedding, running water, and toilet, and enough dried for the last all five for over a month. The test subjects were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Everything was fine for the first five days. The subjects hardly complained, having been promised falsely that they would be free if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly traumatic incidents in their past. In the general tone of their conversation took on a darker aspect after the fourth day mark. After five days... They started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to where they were and started to demonstrate severe paranoia. They stopped talking to each other and began alternatively whispering into the microphone in one way mirrored portholes. Oddly, they all seemed to think they could win the trust of the experimenters by turning over their comrades, the other subjects, and captivity with them. At first, the researchers suspected this was an effect on the gas itself. After nine days, the first of them started screaming. He ran the length of the chamber, repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. He continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. The researchers post-alluded that he had physically torn his vocal cords. The most surprising thing about his this behavior is how all the other cats reacted to it, or rather didn't react to it. They continued whispering into the microphones until the end of until the second other captain started to scream. The two non screaming captains took the book apart, smeared page after page with their own feces and spaced them calmly over the glass portholes. The screaming promptly stopped, said so that the whispering in the microphones. After three more days passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working, so they thought it impossible that no sound would should be coming with the five people inside. The oxygen consumption in the chamber indicated that all five must be still alive. In fact, it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a very high level of strenuous exercise. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers did something they said they would not do to get a reaction for the captive. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any response from the captives. They were afraid were either dead or vegetables. They announced, we are opening the chamber to test the microphones. Step away from the door and lie flat on the floor or you will be shot. Comply. We'll, we'll earn one of your immediate freedom. To the surprise, they heard a single freeze from a calm voice response. We no longer want to be freed.
debate broke among the researchers and the military forces funding their research. Unable to provoke any more response using the intercom, it's finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of the simulate glass and filled with fresh air and immediate voices from the microphones began to eject. Three different voices began begging, as if pleading for the life of the loved ones to turn the gas back on. The chamber was open, and soldiers were sent in to retrieve the test subjects. They began to scream louder than ever, so that the soldiers, when they saw what was inside, four of the five of the subjects were still alive, although no one could rightly call the state of any of them in their life. The food rations past day five have, have been not so as touched. There were chunks of meat from the dead test subjects' thighs and chests stuffed into the drain of the center of the chamber, blocking the train, allowing four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. Precisely how much of the water on the floor was actually blood was never determined. All four surviving test subjects also had a large portion of their muscle and skin torn away in their bodies, the destruction of flesh and exposed bone on their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by hand. Not with teeth, as the researchers initially thought. Closer in examination of the position and angles of the room, wounds indicated that most, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. The abnormal organs below the ribcage of all four test subjects had been removed. When the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place, the skin and the muscle muscles were attached to the ribs and had been ripped off, exposing lungs through the rib cage. All the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taking them out and laying on the floor, fanning out the fanning out the room, but but still living bodies of the subjects. The the digestive tract of all four could be seen working, digesting food. It quickly became apparent of what they were digesting was their own flesh that they had ripped it off and eaten over the course of days. Most of the soldiers were Russian special operators at the factory, but they still refused to return to the chamber and remove any test subjects. They, re they continued to scream and be left in the chamber, Alternatively, begged and demanded the gas be turned back on, lest they fall asleep. Very once surprised, test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. Once the Russian soldier died from having its throat ripped out, another one was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off and an artery in his legs severed by one of the subjects' teeth. Another five of the soldiers lost their lives if you count one that committed suicide in the weeks following the incident. In a struggle, one of the four living subjects has his spleen ruptured, and he bled out almost immediately. Medical researchers attempted to sedate him, and, but this proved impossible. He, he was injected with more than ten times the human dose of, of morphine derivative. But he still fought like a concerned animal, breaking the ribs and arm of one doctor. When hit the heart was seen to beat for a full two minutes after he had bled out, to the point where there's more air in his vascular system than blood. Even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes, struggling to attack anyone and reaching just repeating the word 
more, more, over and over, weaker and weaker, until he finally fell silent. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. The two with intact vocal cords continuously begged for the gas, demanding to be kept alive. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of repairing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative things that they had given him to repair him for the surgery. He had fought furiously most of the way through a four-inch-wide letter strap attached to one wrist. Even though the weight of a 200-pound soldier holding that wrist as well, now it took a little more anesthetic than one normal deployment. In the instant, his eyes fluttered and closed. His heart stopped. In the autopsy of the test subject had died on the opportunity. It was found out that his blood had tripled the normal level of oxygen. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn. And he had broken nine bones in the struggle not to be subdued. Most of them were from his own force that the muscles had put on him. The second survivor had been the first of the group, the five, of to start screaming. His focal cords destroyed. He was unable to beg or object to the surgery. He had only reacted by shaking his head violently in, dis- in disapproval. When the asthenic gas was brought near him, he shook his head yes. When someone suggested reluctantly they try the surgery without anesthetic, he did not react. When the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his his organs and attempting to cover them with the remainder of his skin, a surgeon presiding state, stated, "Feel that it would be medical possible, medically possible for the patient to still be alive." One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had. Seeing the patient's mouth grow into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. When the surgery ended and the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling, assuming this must be some type of distracted importance, the surgeon had a pen and pad and fetched so the patient can write his message. It was simple. Keep cutting. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without aesthetic as well, although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation. The surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously. Once paralyzed, the subjects could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared their system in an abnormally short period of time when they were soon trying to escape their bonds. The moment they could speak, they were asking again for the gas. The researcher tried asking why they had injured themselves, why they rubbed up their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas again. The only one response was given, I must remain awake. All three subjects' restraints were enforced, and they were placed back into the chambers awaiting determination as to what to do with them. The researchers facing the wrath of their military benefactors, for having failed the stated goals of their project, considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commander, officer, and ex-KGB instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put on the gas. The researchers strongly objected. 
but were overruled. In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everybody's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment they let it slip and they were going back on the gas. It was obvious at this point all three were putting enough great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly, left and right, and continuously. The, su the mute subject was straining his legs against the letter bonds with all, with all his might, first left and right, then left again for someone to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having first to be wired for an EEG, most of the researchers were monitoring his brain waves in surprise. They were normal for most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably, more like if they were repeatedly suffering brain death before returning to normal. As they, fo as they focused on paper scrolling out the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same time the moment his head hit the pillow. His brain waves simultaneously stopped. The only remaining subject that could speak started to scream to be sealed in now. His brain waves showed the same flat lines as the one who just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew, drew his gun and shot the commander point blank between the eyes, then turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed the gun at the remaining subject, still restrained it to a bed as the remaining members of the re medical and research team fled the room. I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you, he screamed at the man, shot to the table. What are you? he demanded. I must know, the subject smiled. Have you forgotten them so easily? the subject asked. We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all. Begging to be three at every moment in your deepest animal minds. You're what you hide in your beds every night. We're what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go into the nocturnal heaven we cannot thread. The researcher paused. The name at the subject's heart and fired the EEG flattened line as the subject weakly choked out. So nearly. Free.